This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Nothing has changed. That's my theme. That nothing has changed. Antifa is still assaulting cops, burning black neighborhoods, black businesses. Um, the FBI is still tracking down people who uh, strolled through the Capitol two years ago. Um, Facebook, YouTube is still banning anybody who goes against the narrative. And this time it's extreme. This time is absolutely nuts. We will explain that to you. Joe Biden's still stealing classified documents, and he may have stolen some of them, I don't know, 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, that's the timeline now. He stole some while he was in the Senate, and he was in the Senate when Richard Nixon was president. That's how long, uh, uh, that's how far back this goes. Uh, there was a shooting, a mass shooting in California, and all the big news companies were sending people out there. Don Lemon is on the, on the ground out there, and... Uh, they got some bad news when they got there. It wasn't a white supremacist and he didn't use uh, an AR-15. So uh, pack up and come on home, uh, Don. There's uh, nothing to see here, but we have to start. We have to start here in Boston. We really do because this story it explains a lot. Uh, if you missed it uh, yesterday, the son or daughter or non-binary child of Catherine Clark. Catherine Clark is a, is a representative, a congressperson from uh, Massachusetts, who's now the second in command, the minority whip in the Democrat Party. She is, uh, like all Democrats, just an absolute radical moonbat. Just, a, just someone that uh, uh, fits, checks all the boxes. Obviously, she's a woman, but she also... It hates cops. She loves abortion. She just is, is, is what you'd expect, a far left extremist. And uh, Catherine Clarks has three children. We talked about her a couple of weeks ago because at that point, I said, I questioned her fitness as a parent. I said, she must be a bad mother because she went on television and said her child, her middle child, and that is uh, him on the screen, if you're watching along with us, that is Jared who sometimes goes by Riley, she said he has uh, nightmares, wakes up with nightmares about climate change. And somehow she thought that was uh, a statement on, I don't know, the, uh, the, uh, the state of the world, <laughs> the, the urgency of climate change that she, that she told her own child that we were all gonna die because of climate change and her own child had nightmares and somehow she didn't think this reflected poorly on her as a parent. Well, it does. If your kid is waking up in the middle of the night because he's having nightmares, thinking the world's going to end because of fossil fuels, then you're a bad parent. You are, you are hurting your own child. You're telling lies for a political gain, I guess, to your own kid. That's, a, that's a, in, incredible to me. But she didn't think much of it. It was just, yeah, that's, that's the way it is for kids. These days, their parents, their teachers tell them lies about the climate to, to advance their own political agenda. And then the kid has nightmares. Uh, that was bad. This is worse. And I got to say, normally I am reluctant to blame the parents. I really am. You can you can look back, you know, talked about these kind of things for, for, for years and years. And there are lots of good parents who raise bad kids. There are lots of good parents who do their best and the kid just goes awry. 
the kid just goes astray and they, they dedicate, devote their lives to raising their kid right. And it just doesn't work. It happens. You see kids, you know, end up on drugs. Uh, they end up alcoholics and uh, you know, the, and, and, and you see it, the parents do their best. They do everything they can. This is different. If you missed the story, it, uh, I just broke la- um, last night, uh, but it happened Saturday night in Boston, on Boston Common, not far from the, uh, the new statue the, uh, that was erected to honor Dirk Diggler right there in the Common. This is not far away. I know this spot very well. Well, about 9.30 Saturday night, uh, Boston police officers responded to a call for a protest at the Parkman Bandstand Monument located on Boston Common on Tremont Street. Upon arrival, officers observed an individual defacing the monument with spray paint. The tagging read, no cop city and ACAB, A-C-A-B, that stands for all cops are bastards. Uh, That is the uh, signature move of Antifa scum. The suspect was later identified as Jared Dowell, 23 of Melrose. During the arrest of Dowell, a group of about 20 protesters began to surround officers while screaming profanities through megaphones on the public street, causing traffic to come to a standstill. While interfering with the arrest of Jared Dowell, an officer was hit in the face and could be seen bleeding from the nose and the mouth. Jared Dow was placed under arrest and charged with assault by means of a dangerous weapon, destruction of injury, destruction or injury of personal property, and damage of property by graffiti tagging. He's expected to be arraigned in Boston Municipal Court today. Now, when the uh, uh, report initially broke, all the headlines were, son of a congressman, son of Catherine Cluck, arrested, in an Antifa protest on Boston Common. And then, I don't know, a short time later, the story changed. And I mean, changed everywhere. I got the, you know, the New York Post, the Fox News, changed it to a daughter. Somehow, someone discovered that Jared changed uh, his uh, sex from male to female, but it was called a non, he was called, she was called a non-binary daughter, Riley. Now, that, doesn't matter. It's, it's unimportant. Still arrested. I guess maybe it matters on which cell uh, Jared goes to or which prison, but we all know Jared's not going to prison. You, you can assault cops as long as you're on the, the right side of the political spectrum, the left side. In this case, Jared is a radical Antifa member. Jared grew up a little rich kid. If you want to read some of the details of the, uh, the Clark family, the, the Dowell family, uh, go, go to Turtle Boy, TV Daily News, has all the details. He has a picture of the house he grew up in, a $2 million mansion in Melrose with a nice deck and a hot tub. Typical Antifa, little rich white punk, indoctrinated at uh, a radical uh, school. He went to Middlebury College as crazy left-wing as any school in the country. I mean, nuts. You can read up on Middlebury, trust me. It is a place where they're devoted to raising little Marxists. And it seems like uh, they succeeded in this case. By the way, there's a lot of photos of Jared on, uh, on the TB Daily News story. And he's a boy in all of them. <laughs> I don't know when he became a girl, but uh, he, I guess he grew his hair out and he, 
and he asked people online for tips on how to remove chest hair <laughs> because he couldn't afford electrolysis. So he's a confused kid, let's be honest. And, but, and, and again, there, I am reluctant to blame mom for, for all the things this kid does. But in this case, he clearly hates cops. He's, he's, he's clearly has, has joined in with Antifa who hate cops, want to kill cops, we will get to the violent protest in Atlanta, which started when an Antifa scumbag shot a cop. You know, it wasn't violent. It was peaceful, but they shot a cop. That's, that's according to uh, CNN. But in this case, in the case of Catherine Clark and her son, Jared, or daughter, Riley, or whatever, it seems to me that this is how the child was raised. The child was raised to hate cops because his mother hates cops. This is again the second ranked Democrat in the House. And there there is, and, and Turtle Boy did a search of all her social media. There's never any expression of support for the police, even when they're killed. As uh as we see from her social media, she tweeted out support of uh of 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 cop of, of you know George Floyd uh, uh of uh of uh, Michael Brown, who was killed by police. She supported, and it was based on a lie. Michael Brown was a violent thug who tried to kill a cop, Darren Wilson. Even Obama's own Justice Department uh, exonerated Darren Wilson and blamed Michael Brown. But Catherine Clark sticks to the old narrative. And just one tweet after another about uh, 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 reforming the police, of, of, of defunding the police, of supporting Black Lives Matter and other violent cop-hating organizations. She tweeted that she was praying for Jacob Blake. Now, if you recall, Jacob Blake was a criminal who uh, sexually assaulted a woman then tried to kidnap her children. As he was getting in the car, he was shot. The cops followed protocol. They stopped him. They did what they had to do. He had a knife. He was a really bad guy. But that didn't stop Catherine Clark from tweeting, praying for Jacob Blake until we take action against racism and police brutality. Tragedies will continue. We can't wait another day to act. And she was supporting justice and policing act, which is obviously a left-wing idea to, to reform police. And of course, every tweet is followed by black lives matter BLM. She's a nut. All right. We, that's who we elect in the state of Massachusetts. And that's how this child was raised to hate cops. Is it any surprise that he's 23 years old? He's not out, you know, working for a living or trying to get a degree from some respectable school. He's out there spray painting a monument on Boston Common about how much he hates cops. All cops are bastards. And then as he's being arrested, they assault cop. They bloody the cop, the Boston cop who's just tried to stop someone from uh, defacing, from vandalizing public property. So there comes a point where you say, he, he learned this from someone, he learned this from somewhere, and I can't help but think, he heard this stuff every night around the dinner table, every day as she was driving him to school, or, I mean, she wasn't around much, obviously she's more concerned with her career than raising her children, but because she was always in D.C. posing for pictures of her, you know, like, uh, with, with you know, Liz Warren and, and other like my probably Ayanna Presley, other people who hate cops. 
that is amazing. We have the two most powerful Congress people in the state hate cops. Catherine Clark hates cops. Ayanna Presley went on TV, and you can see it. I've played it. We've played it before. Still up there. Went on TV and said, in the days after the Chauvin verdict, when Chauvin was convicted of killing George Floyd, the police in this country killed 70 innocent people. She said that. No, obviously the media doesn't care. The, the, the media, for the most part, the Boston Globe, uh, they're invested in supporting her and covering for her when she makes mistakes. They love her because they're like-minded souls. They hate cops too. There were no 70 people killed by cops. She just made it up because she wants people to hate cops. She wants people to spray paint a cab. She wants people to support Antifa, just like Catherine Clark. Uh, you can look, you can look at all the tweets, all the posts, all the pictures. And this is how this kid was raised. This is why Catherine Clark has some explaining to do, but don't uh, hold your breath. What did she tweet? Do we have her tweet last night? in support that she tweets, this is what she tweets, when her child is arrested for assaulting a cop who's just trying to do his job. She tweets, last night my daughter was arrested in Boston. I love Riley, and this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. This will be a value by the legal system, and I'm confident in that process. The joy and pain of parenting? You think that's the time? to talk about the joy and pain of parenting when your kid is busted, your kid, your grown man, your son is busted for a, for taking a swing at a cop. Sure. Good, good. No, nothing there about cops doing their job, having a tough job, trying to keep the peace. Nothing. That's just another statement from a woman who has never supported the police, who has never supported law and order. That's who Democrats elect. That's who people in this screwed up state where I'm sitting right now, that's who they elect. They don't elect her. They admit this woman is second in command to that nut job, Hakeem Jeffries. You know, she's in line to be maybe be Speaker of the House someday, or maybe be third in line to the presidency. That is frightening. This is this is a woman who, in her quiet moments, is absolutely uh, supportive of her son, daughter, kid, whatever. And she thinks cops are racist. Cops like to beat up, like to, like to brutalize, shoot, kill innocent black people. She advances this narrative, which is one big lie, which ends up with a situation like you have in Atlanta. All right, let's get to Atlanta. We have a lot. We have so much to get to here. Ironhead. It is a busy Monday here on the Callahan show. We got to be careful because we don't want to get banned again, suspended again. We we can't play any uh, videos of uh, journalists, you know, doing their job. We'll stick to the journalists, the journalists of CNN. By the way, that would that, that this would be a nice theme. Contrast the journalists from Rebel News who were in Davos with the journalists quote unquote, in Atlanta for CNN, only one of them gets banned by big tech. The other one fortunately didn't get banned so we can laugh at them. If you missed what uh, happened over the weekend in, uh, in Atlanta, let me see, I got a local TV report from Fox 5. Uh, what started as a peaceful protest against the death of a Georgia-based activist 
took a violent turn in downtown Atlanta Saturday night when people began throwing bricks at buildings and setting fire to police vehicles. In a joint news conference, Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens and Police Chief Darren Charbaum made their stance on this very clear. They will always support and protect the First Amendment right to peacefully protest, but there is no room for violence in Atlanta. You know what? These things only happen in places controlled by crazy Democrats like Catherine Clark and, and uh, Andre Dickens. Democrats, demonstrators took to underground Atlanta Saturday to demand an investigation into the death of Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, a 26-year-old protester who was killed by Georgia State troopers during a sweep at Entrenchment Creek Park. That area is the planned site for Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, or what some critics call Cop City. Tehran did not comply with commands by a joint task force, and uh, he fired at the trooper first. The cops fired back and killed him. So an Antifa scum shoots cops, hits one, injures them, they fire back and kill him. Thus, the Antifa scum decide to set Atlanta on fire. But consider the setup. There's an area where they were going to use to train police. Antifa doesn't like that. They don't want a place to train police. Wait, hold on, Jerry. I thought they wanted better police training. Isn't that what we hear every time there's a, a, a you know, an innocent black fellow like Jacob Blake who gets shot? We need better training. Didn't Joe Biden say that three days ago? That we need to train cops better? You know, Joe Biden wants them trained to shoot the gun out of the bad guy's hands. He doesn't want them to shoot to kill. He wants them to shoot him in the leg or something. It's just, it's just typical. What a nonsense from our, uh, from our dementia addled commander in chief, but back to Atlanta. So they have a place where they're going to train cops and Tifa says, no, we don't want that. So they occupy it. I'm not sure why every cop in Atlanta and every state trooper in Georgia doesn't roll in and yank them out of there and tear down their tents. But, you know, that's how it works. Again, in Democrat-controlled places, you try to reason with anarchists. So they set fires. I have the latest. They set fires. They throw bricks. They hurt cops. They destroy small businesses, most of which are owned by uh, local black people. Don't want that. Uh, Georgia, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation released a picture of the gun that they found on Tehran. Tehran has some silly nickname that they keep spray painting, including in Boston. I'll get to that. They arrested seven people in Atlanta after this protest and charged them with domestic terrorism. So if you're a TV reporter, these are no longer uh, protesters. Just technical, technical thing here. They're, they're terrorists. They're charged with terrorism. But if you're a TV reporter in America in 2023, the definition of terrorism is some grandmother with a red hat walks through the uh, Capitol, staying within the velvet ropes and takes some pictures. That's a terrorist. This is a peaceful protester. And if we didn't have video, it wouldn't be nearly as funny. But if you saw the reports... There were uh, cop cars ablaze. There were smashed windows. There were fights, Antifa scum with cops, which usually don't last long because most Antifa scum like 
Catherine Clark's son, most of them are malnourished and, and gaunt and weak. They're weak, little, rich, white kids, privileged white kids. So the cops don't have a lot of trouble bringing them down, but they come in packs like they did in, in Boston. And uh, there were some, uh, the cops in Atlanta did a good job. But let's watch, this report is from whom? Fox 5? Yeah. Yes, this is the local station. This is the report I just read for you. This is not Fox News. This is a local reporter, probably sympathetic with the cause. We'll get to CNN too. But let's watch a local reporter report on the carnage, the flames in the background, the chaos, the smoke, the violence, all the broken glass all over the place. Let's check out what the local news in Atlanta had to say. Go ahead. Vehicle still uh, up in flames here over at the at Andrew Young and Peachtree. And if you take a look over here, if you pan over, I want to show you. This is what they were handing out at the protest. So it was a largely peaceful protest where they just wanted what they're calling justice uh, for to to uh, for to 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 So sorry. Uh, he, just a guy. Uh, and right now, um, you'll see. Basically, they want uh, justice for him after the shooting that happened uh, when the Atlanta police and the different law enforcement agencies were raiding uh, the forest over there to try to uh, uh, basically clear out the forest after everything that was going on. Um, All related to this. uh, He couldn't even speak. He literally is standing in front of a cop car ablaze, holding up a flyer, which was obviously sent out, distributed by Antifa. And he talks about the poor Antifa guy, Tehran. Get his nickname for me. They they keep spending, uh, I think it was on that sheet. That guy couldn't read it, so you probably won't have much luck either because it's some long, stupid Spanish name. Anyway, he, he he's holding up the flyer in front of a car, a cop car on fire, and he actually says, mostly peaceful. Can we get one thing straight? There's no such thing as an Antifa protest, an Antifa demonstration that's mostly peaceful. These are violent anarchists. Again, they're mostly scum, just white, you know, privileged, entitled punks. But they go out on the street. They, they wear black. They cover their faces. They run in packs with bent on violence. That's what they do. Violence. They believe in assaulting cops and destroying businesses. They are anarchists, you fool. They actually aired that in the middle of the protest, in the middle of the riot, in the middle of the violence. A, a, a reporter who, by the way, really struggled to get through the report saying mostly peaceful. Uh, but if you thought that was bad, don't forget, there is always CNN. CNN, by the way, who just closed their Atlanta bureau, I believe, because their ratings are in the toilet. Their business model is failing. I think they're going to move everyone to New York or D.C. They've been in Atlanta for like 50 years. But uh, uh, and, and by the way, they, they moved in on the area. The area is not owned by Antifa. The area is public property, which was again going to be used, they call it cop city, to train cops. So they, they moved in to clear out these punks who had no business being there. And they're up in the trees. They're like climbing the trees and shooting at cops. Yeah. They shot at cops, you moron. Anyway, let's get to uh, CNN because this is hilarious. This, I mean, you just see something like this and you wait for CNN to cover it, and and you know it's going to be hilarious. You know these are these they 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 sympathize with the protesters. They sympathize with the anarchists, and uh, 
the, the best part was their guest. What do they call this guest? A, a freelance journalist? Yes. CNN guest, his name is David Peisner, and they call him a freelance journalist. Here he is on the screen. The flames are burning in the background. I, I, I'm sure they played video of the many, many arrests of, of them wrestling these Antifa scum to the ground, handcuffing them, handcuffing them, taking them away. And this is the analysis you get from CNN. Can we play uh, David Peisner, um, um, freelance journalist? Go ahead. I think that there's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. Is property destruction violence? Um, to some people, it certainly is. Um, but, uh, you know, th this idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual violence against humans uh, is, is, is a, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. And uh, I mean, look, I, I don't think this is a, a smart move. Um, I don't think it's, it's a, a productive move from, from the standpoint of, of the protesters. Um, but as, as even the chief himself said, this is a small group. Um, this, this isn't, this is a, also within this defend the forest movement. Um, there are no leaders. So people go off and do their own things. That doesn't just make them justifiable. But I do think that, you know, you keep using these words, violent, 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 violent. Um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. <laughs> they shot a cop. <laughs> they burned a police car. They smashed windows. And this guy, this freelance journalist, doesn't want you to call them uh, violent. So what other word would you use for him? <laughs> anyway, of course, it took uh, internet sleuths uh, the, uh, um, about, about 10 minutes to find out about CNN's freelance journalist, David Peisner. Uh, um, let's see. Prior to his appearance... His Twitter account showed that he retweeted a GoFundMe page in support of Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, who shot a Georgia state trooper. Quote, please donate to the family of Tort Tortuguita. That's his nickname, Ironhead. Tortuguita. Murdered by Georgia State Police for defending the forest and fighting to stop Cop City. That's the guy that CNN puts on the screen uh, as an as a freelance journalist to talk about this situation, a guy who is raising money for Tortuguita, the guy who shot a cop, they shot back and killed him, you know, because he was just defending the forest. How much, how much homework do you do before you put a guest on there? Hell, this guy never would have made it on Newsmax. I can tell you that. No, they vet their guests and they, they don't put on, um, People who uh, enable terrorists try to, he's raising money for the guy who shot a cop. And then he goes on CNN and says, the only violence I saw was from the cops. And CNN wonders why it is failing miserably. God, they are just, just amazing. Tortuguita. You know what that means in English, Ironhead? I do not. That means, um, that means little turtle in English. That is Spanish for little turtle. That's what they call the punk, the scumbag, the terrorist who shot a cop 
check this out. How do you say Deisner? The, the, the guy who was on CNN, he penned an article in memory of Tehran, it's his real name, Tehran, titled Little Turtle's War, casting doubt on the idea that Tehran instigated the shooting. He penned an article in memory of the guy who was killed by the cops after he actually, he didn't shoot at the cops, he shot a cop. He hit the guy, the guy had a vest on, it, it wounded him, it knocked him back, it didn't kill him, thankfully. But that guy, they, the guy, the little turtle, that's the guy they were, uh, the guy who supported him and penned an ode to little turtle was on CNN as a guest journalist. That's all you need to know about CNN. But uh, I don't know if the uh, the riots are still going on, but uh, they handle things a little differently down in Atlanta. They busted these people. If you see some of the video, they were not gentle and they charged them with domestic terrorism. So for now on, if you're an Antifa member, if you're uh, uh, trying to protect the forest, you're a terrorist. These are real terrorists. But Let's get to what the uh, mainstream media, what big tech considers terrorists. Uh, we talked about this last week. We're going to get to with that. We'll tell you. We'll tell you why nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I I, I was hopeful. I, we talked about it a lot when Musk took over uh, uh, Twitter and things. Some things have changed on Twitter. You are allowed to you know, question the efficacy of the vaccine. You're allowed to make fun of. This little man, little little uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci, you're allowed to do that now, which is good, but that's just one platform. That's just Twitter. And he's got a long way to go. There's still people who have been banned. There's still people who have been uh, throttled on Twitter, but that's just one platform. Facebook's much bigger. Google, uh, Instagram, these are still um, places where the uh, the they don't allow you to appear to to report unless you fall in with the accepted narrative. Even after all we've learned about COVID, they are still protecting the powers that be. They're protecting the powerful. I told you about the FBI, how they're out of control. We know they're compromised. That's why I don't have any in the investigation of the Biden family and the classified documents scandal because the FBI is involved and the FBI is an arm of the Biden administration. The FBI was an arm of the Biden campaign before he was even president. So we know that, that this is not a, a fair process. We know these, this, this intelligence community has been corrupted and uh, we'll tell you the latest, but let me do a, uh, let me get to the, uh, I have to tread lightly. We want, we want to appear on YouTube. Um, and, you know, while, while we made fun of uh, Stephen Crowder a little bit the other day for uh, talking about slaves making 50 million bucks, he has a good point because a lot of people, conservative people who are doing podcasts or are, uh, are online are still treading lightly because the iron fist of YouTube is still hanging over you, making sure you don't stray from the present narrative, I will give you the details on the latest thing they banned and how outrageous and sickening it is. And we'll tell you what the FBI is busy with, you know, while, uh, while uh, the pipe bomber on January 6th goes free, 
while uh, the fire bombings of all the churches in the crisis pregnancy centers, no one's been arrested because they're a little busy. They're a little busy arresting active Marines who strolled through the Capitol two years ago. We'll get to that and uh, lots more. We got to get to the NFL, uh, another wild weekend in the NFL and the uh, shooting in the, uh, in Monterey park didn't turn out as the mainstream media had hoped, but first a recession proof investment without compromise. European American Armory Corp or EAA Corp has specialized in providing high quality, innovative and reasonably priced firearms to the U S market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry revolver shotgun or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says, get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, Iron Ed, you can stop me if I cross the line because we want to remain on YouTube. We admit it, you know. The other day we talked about the pro, uh, about the, the, this whole World Economic Forum thing in Davos, Switzerland, just how disgusting the whole thing is. John Kerry, Al Gore, just lying to the world, ranting about the, the dire climate crisis, the climate emergency, which is all, as we know, all made up. They want to stop the fossil fuel industry. You had these, these creepy billionaires like, like Klaus Schwab and Albert Bourla, the CEO of Pfizer. And you would think if there'd be any role for journalism in general, journalism in general today, it would be to ask questions of the Pfizer CEO. We have lots of questions about the vaccine. What did they know? When did they know it? What are they going to do about the vaccine injured, which we've seen more and more. Obviously, fewer people are mandating the vaccine, pushing the vaccine uh, because of all the questions we have. Is it worth it for a young person to get the vaccine? These are legit questions that real journalists would ask. And I would say Rebel News out of Canada are real journalists. Hell, they were going up to reporters from like CNN and the New York Times, and they were grilling them, asking them, what are you doing here? Are you going to ask any tough questions of these masters of the universe? So they chase Albert. They chased, uh, they also chased uh, Greta Thunberg, which is pretty funny. Greta's, Greta's a pawn. Greta's just, a, just being used by her parents and other powerful people. But Greta, she said to them, she says, I laugh a lot. And she just kept making jokes and laughing which I, I guess that's what you do when you're just a, a dumb kid. But this guy's different. This is the CEO of, uh, of, of Pfizer. He's a billionaire. He, a bunch of people who work under him are billionaires, thanks to the COVID vaccine, which was pushed in the U.S. and around the world. We know we weren't allowed to talk about alternatives or natural immunity or therapeutics. It was all about forcing everyone to get the jab and then another jab and then another jab. And every time they did cha-ching another billionaire uh, at Pfizer. 
So you would think journalists would have a lot of questions for this man. And they did. They chased him. And we're not going to play it. I'll just state it up front. We're not going to play the video because if we do, we're gone. If you want to, when we post the podcast, the audio version, we will put the questions in there. Does that sound right, Ironhead? That's right. So when we post the audio, uh, where you can, which obviously you can find everywhere, Apple and Spotify and Newsmax, you can hear the questions. It's just ask. They're just asking the Pfizer CEO, "When did you know that the the, the vaccine didn't stop transmission?" And other good questions that journalists ask. When did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans- stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit around. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? This is... A, a small outfit from Canada, Rebel News. These are questions in New York Times and Washington Post and CNN and ABC and NBC should be asking, but they don't because today in America, journalism is about protecting the powerful. They do. It's what's, what's what Satan does. If you saw Angel Heart, Satan protects the powerful. That's what journalism does now. That's what the mainstream media does. That's what big tech does. That video with just, again, journalists asking good, appropriate questions of Borla, who doesn't answer any of them, by the way, he just keeps walking, you know, to his next you know, champagne brunch or wherever he was going. He doesn't answer them. They just asked him. And they made him uncomfortable, and they did their jobs. That was banned by YouTube. That was banned by uh, Facebook and Instagram. You could see it on Twitter, thank God, if, if it weren't for Elon Musk, you would be able to see that video nowhere, nowhere. And there's nothing, uh, you know, in, insulting about it. It's not like they, again, mocking Fauci or making a meme out of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. These people told us it was about public safety, right? It was about public health two years ago, whatever it was, when they started banning and suspending people who questioned the vaccine. How is this about public health? Journalists asked a powerful, wealthy chief executive officer while he's there rubbing shoulders with all the other wealthy, powerful people. They asked him good questions and the big tech companies banned it. 
To me, that's so revealing. They don't care about public safety. They are there to protect the powerful. YouTube, Facebook, New York Times, you name it. Boston Globe, they are there to protect the powerful. It is the opposite of the job of journalism. Journalism used to be about comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. Well, right now they're about comforting the comfortable, protecting the powerful. It's obscene, but that's the way it works now. If you want to hear all the questions, innocent, obviously uh, good, appropriate questions, you can get it on uh, the audio version. But, and if you want to see the video, you can find it, thankfully, because of Elon Musk and because of Rebel News, you can find it. But um, nothing's changed with these big tech platforms, nothing. They saw what happened with, with uh, Musk and with the, the Twitter files, and they don't care. They don't care that they appear to be uh, in bed with these tyrants. They don't care. It's like, you know, we got a job to do, and our job is to protect Pfizer billionaires. Let's get to the FBI. This story is just so aggravating. Nothing has changed with the FBI. They got busted by Musk. They got busted by the Twitter files, conspiring, colluding with big tech to spread lies about the, uh, or protect the Biden family before the campaign and after the campaign. We know that now they lied about the laptop. They told Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, all of them, they told them it was Russian disinformation. That was a lie. That is a lie. The FBI, while working for Biden, uh, Joe, uh, for Donald Trump in the fall of 2020, was trying to undermine the president, was trying to topple a sitting president. It was a coup. That's what it was. They rigged the election because they suppressed um, negative uh, information about Joe Biden. They helped him across the finish line. The FBI is corrupt to the core. We know that now. Are they trying to clean up their act? Are they trying to move on? Are they trying to find the people who are firebombing churches? Of course not. They are still an arm of the radical Biden administration. This, this is just, I don't know, it drives me nuts. I'm going to read this from, uh, this is from Stars and Stripes. Uh, Three active duty Marines were arrested last week on charges they illegally entered the Capitol during the January 6th riot two years ago with a throng of then-President Donald Trump supporters, according to federal court documents. The Marines, Sergeant Joshua Abate, Sergeant Dodge Dale Hellinan, and Corporal Micah Coomer spent an hour inside the Capitol as the mob sought to halt certification of Joe Biden's victory. According to court documents, the three minute Marines faced four misdemeanor charges each, two counts of disorderly conduct, one count of knowingly entered a restricted building, and one count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing. Here's a guess these Marines will pay a month. They're active duty Marines. They've signed up to protect this country. They strolled through the Capitol. You know what one of them did? They put a red hat on some statue, just jokingly put the hat on the statue. I don't even know which statue, Uh, but those guys are going to go to jail. Those guys are going to get kicked out of the Marines. Those guys are going to get their credit cards canceled. They won't be able to get an Uber. They won't be able to call DoorDash. If you haven't paid attention, the political prisoners from January 6th are still being persecuted. You got to follow Julie Kelly on American Greatness. She chronicles this thing. Miranda Devine at the New York Post does a good job too. 
but they're still tracking down people who paraded. That means walked through the Capitol when the cops opened the doors and escorted them in, and some of them stayed between the velvet ropes. These guys aren't charged with assaulting any cops or breaking any windows or stealing any, any podiums. No, they're charged with parading, demonstrating, or picketing, and knowingly entered a restricted building. How would you know that? They opened the door and welcomed them in two years ago. Guarantee here. Here's a guarantee. These three cops, these three Marines, will play a much stiffer price than Jared Riley Clark Dowell. That would be the son, daughter, non-binary person, child of Catherine Clark, who assaulted a cop, actually assaulted a cop. Jared Riley Dowell will go, will not spend a day in jail. If he does, which jail does he spend it in? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe he'll make it easier. Let's just let him go. He'll pay no fine. The charges will be dropped. You watch. We now, as I said, nothing has changed. We have a two tier justice system. This is amazing. Oh, by the way, the other thing Catherine Clark said, we never got to this. Do, do you have this? When she told her kids, they might soon die. We might all die from climate change. You know, when they were little kids, she she told them literally like there's a boogeyman under the bed and he'll probably kill you in your sleep. What's the difference, right? <laughs> Tell them climate change is going to kill them or the boogeyman. Uh, and her kid had nightmares and woke up, you know, screaming. She also said her kids were afraid to go to the movie theater because they might get shot. Well, what are you, what are you telling your children that when they go to the movies, there's a much better chance that they'll get killed driving in the car with you to school. But she told them when they went to the movies, they might get shot. And so they were afraid to go to the movies. Do we have that sound from Catherine Clark? This nut job. Go ahead, play it. My middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. I've had my family at a movie theater when, when the movie stopped, my children immediately felt there must be a shooter in the theater with us. What? What? She is a bad parent. Okay. I, again, I'm reluctant to say that when you see kids, whatever, on drugs, and you, you don't know, you don't know what the parents have done to try to help to try to raise the kid right. This is amazing. You tell your kid that climate change is going to kill us all, and if you go to the movies, hey, you might not have to worry about climate change because maybe a mad gunman with an AR with a weapon of war will kill us all. Man, those kids, I'm not sure this kid, Jared Riley Dowell, I don't think he had, he stood a chance with that nut job as a mother. And to me, it is frightening that I am surrounded by people who vote for that. They want to be represented by that person, that person who hates cops, has no respect for cops, who, as Turtle Boy points out, never tweets any support for cops when they get killed. Three cops have been killed in this state, and she has tweeted her support, expressed support for none of them, never. She supports Jacob Blake and Michael Brown, but not cops who've been murdered in her home state. Just amazing. That's that's where this kid, this punk, learned it all. But uh, let's get to, uh, let's get to the uh, shooting in Monterey Park. And... Uh, and more documents, amazing, more there, there, and bad side for Joe Biden. The media, some of the media, some of his staunchest supporters are bailing. It doesn't look good. The hit was put out on the Biden crime family, and they 
And we, I think we know why they just don't want the old man to run again. And I'm not, and it looks like they may succeed, but uh, first let me do Shea. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Uh, we got to get to the NFL. It, was another, it wasn't a great weekend in the NFL, but it was a good weekend. We saw some some pretty good performances. But uh, I, I I should laugh in the wake of a mass shooting. This was no, there was nothing funny about it. It was a tragedy. It was sickening out there in Monterey Park, California. But when I got up and put the TV on, I, I flipped to CNN, and Don Lemon is on the ground in Monterey Park. I believe Robin Roberts is out there too. The network sent all their people out there. And you know why? Because they were hoping it would be a white supremacist with an AR-15. It was neither of those things. 72-year-old Hugh Can Tran was the shooter. He was a dance instructor at this place. Uh, he killed five men, five women. He had two handguns. They, the, the cops uh, thought one had may, may, have been, may have had an illegal magazine, may have had an illegal magazine, but he did not have a weapon of war and AR-15. So most of the narratives that the mainstream media thrives on, they, they fell apart. So I don't think you're going to see a lot more coverage. He killed himself in a van, white van surrounded by cops, a three hour standoff turned the weapon on himself. The, the speculation was that his wife got invited to this dance party and he didn't, and he was pissed. And they said it may be a domestic violence situation. We don't know if his wife survived or not. More details to come, but uh, it was not what the media was hoping for. Neither was the latest. I know this was uh, uh, the end of last week. This was Friday, I believe. Yes. Um, We know Joe Biden last week said there's no there there. And he said the American people want to talk about more important things and you know, inadvertently things got misplaced. And he said he had no regrets, which was so strange. No regrets. You stole classified documents. We know that now. And you don't regret it. But my favorite part was the, uh, the FBI found more classified documents during a consensual search. Again, the FBI is still as corrupt to the core. The FBI is still working for Joe Biden. A consensual search. Is that what they did at Mar-a-Lago? A consensual search. Again, two-tier justice system. It's amazing. It lasted 13 hours. His personal lawyer and a prosecutor said Saturday night. So his lawyer and the prosecutor, they're working together. What is going on here? Uh, his personal lawyer, Bob Bauer, said in a statement, six items consisting of documents with classified markings 
uh, were found. Again, those are called classified documents when they're at Mar-a-Lago. When they're at Wilmington, Delaware, they're called documents with classified markings. The DA, Joseph, the assistant U.S. attorney, uh, Joseph Fitzpatrick said, I can confirm the FBI executed a planned consensual search. Some of the items dated from Biden's tenure in the Senate. Okay, that means they're at least 14 years old. He stole them at least 14 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. He was first in the Senate in 1973. What's he doing with these documents for 14 to 50 years? Don't they keep track of these things? It's just amazing. You can do this with your Democrat and they just say, eh, we'll tell your lawyers to search. We'll look over their shoulders. No, no FBI raid with 30, 30 agents, guns drawn. They didn't even allow Trump's lawyers to be in the house. They kicked them out on the street. It was 100 degrees. And the lawyers were like sweating on the sidewalk. With Biden, they joint, they do a joint search, a consensual search. But uh, the problem we have here, and uh, I think we see it more and more every day, is people, certain people who are ardent Biden supporters are getting the, the, the okay. They're getting the thumbs up. You can do it. You can do your job. You can criticize the president. That's telling. As somebody said, once Stephen Colbert gets the green light to make a joke about Biden, it's over. You know it's over. That means they have decided uh, they're done with Joe. He's he's outlived his usefulness, and they're moving on. We're close. We have Martha Raddatz. Uh, Martha Raddatz is, when Martha Raddatz is off the team, you know you got trouble. Let's listen to the um, devoted Biden supporter and host of whatever it is this week. There's no there there. Those were the president's words this week when he was asked about the classified documents found over the last few months at his Delaware residence and a private office in Washington, D.C. But this morning, it turns out there is even more there than first thought. Federal investigators from the Department of Justice seized more than half a dozen items from the president's Wilmington home on Friday, including some documents marked classified after an extensive but consensual 13-hour search of the property. The president's personal lawyer disclosed the information last night, saying some of the records were from Biden's time as senator and some from when he was vice president. The search of a sitting president's home dramatically escalates the political fallout, if not the legal problems, after the White House consistently tried to downplay the significance all week. Mary, the the problem is the White House insisted all week the president takes classified documents seriously. (laughs) They downplayed the special counsel probe, but more classified documents keep showing up. Exactly. The president has been adamant, saying there is no there there. He has been exuding confidence, even if some frustration, insisting they are doing this by the book. They are fully cooperating. And for days now, the White House press secretary here has really hammered home this argument that the president takes classified documents seriously, and yet they keep finding more. You know what? He's lying to you, dummies. (laughs) She's lying to you. I don't know why. But I don't know why I should expect them to be insulted when the president uh, lies to them. He lies, you know, like he breathes. And cringe Jean-Pierre is paying a price here. She has to go out there and she's dumb and she's terrible at the job. 
but she has to defend the man. She knows is lying and she knows there's going to be another shoe to fall every day. You think they're done finding classified documents? The, the amazing thing is he says, I take classified documents seriously, which, you know, if you punctuate it differently, it's, I take classified documents seriously. Uh, but he clearly doesn't. I mean, it's not like, like Trump had them. They knew he had them. He had them locked away. They told him to put another lock on it. They knew right where they were. They don't have any idea where they're finding these things all over the place, in the garage, in the house, at the, at the uh, office paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. They're all over the place. He doesn't care. He doesn't take it seriously. That's obvious. And it's, to me, the most fascinating thing is watching one by one as his core support, which is the mainstream media, bails on him. We will be following that to see who's next. Like I said, when Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert, when they start making jokes, hasn't happened on Saturday Night Live yet. They're busy with George Santos over the weekend, if you missed it. They did like a whole show dedicated to George Santos, a nobody backbencher, first-term congressman who can't hold a candle. I mean, he's a liar. He's a fraud. He might even be a, a drag queen. But the president has a 50-year documented history of lying about everything, and the media is just now catching on. All right, let's get to uh, the NFL. It was an okay weekend. I, I, I came to a couple conclusions this weekend. First of all, I went 3-1. and one. Montante went four and zero, oh, and Ironhead's back to his old ways. He went one and three. <laughs> that means in nineteen weeks you have one winning week. Do I have that correct? Correct. Yep. That is an amazing string, Ironhead. Amazing. I think people are indeed are uh, shading you and uh, and making some money. I but so. uh, this sets up as a damn good conference title weekend. Cincinnati at Kansas City. No neutral site. I am all in on the Bengals. They are a fun team to watch. Burrow is a great player. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is wounded, is hurt. Plus, I feel like the Bengals have a, a, a good defense. They're going to come up with something to limit uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Philadelphia hosts San Francisco. These are two damn good teams with damn good defenses. Nasty playmakers all over the field. That's going to be fun. Here's, here's the one thing that dawned on me over the weekend. I have to change. I've changed my mind. I used to love Tony Romo. He used to be, I mean, he was refreshing. He's candid. He's kind of goofy. He's funny. He's, he just can't shut up. He just babbles endlessly. And I point this out all the time. Like I think it was Charles Davis who just never shuts up, but he just sucks. Um, Romo used to be good. Now he's just in the way. Jim Nance is trying to do the game and he's in the way. Is he, is he, is he drinking again or something? What do you think? What's your theory? Uh, I think he got too comfortable and he thinks he's bigger than Nance. You know, I think you're right. And if he thinks he says something, even if it's stupid and, and goofy, he thinks he's Tony Romo. So it's funny or it's, or it's somehow yeah. profound. And it's just like, give it a rest. Just take a play off. You know, like you don't have to say something about every play, but he's annoying. And, uh, He's, uh, you know, he's going to be doing the AFC title game, which will be great. I'm looking Damn. forward to that. I'm, ma I'm making my picks now. I'm going with Cincinnati. Oh, I don't, I don't even know the line on uh, Philly yet, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later in the week. We will leave it there for today. Um, let me guess. You're going to say you got screwed by some last second play. Oh, that's right. The uh, Jaguars scored. And no, no, no. This, this week I just lost. Last week I got screwed a bunch. So you didn't get screwed. That's good. That's good. It was... 
it, I mean, I like that snow game, but uh, Joe Burrow, as I tweeted and uh, got a big reaction, is the next Tom Brady. Mahomes is the MVP. Josh Allen's great. He's fun to watch. But Burrow is Tom Brady. It's just... He's, he's cocky, he's smart, he reads defenses, he works the middle of the field, he gets rid of the ball quickly. He's the comp. If you want to know who the next Tom Brady is, maybe Mahomes is the next uh, Aaron Rodgers, but uh, all he needs is nine more Super Bowl appearances and he will match Tom Brady. He needs to win one. <laughs> he, last year he won one, but the refs screwed him out of it. He's winning it this, this year. year this year, I'd like to see him get back there. I like the Cincinnati team. I can't believe it. That's you know what's amazing about the NFL. I know we're wrapping this up. The whole country was riveted by Cincinnati at Buffalo. Those are such small markets that they don't even have teams in other sports. You know, Buffalo doesn't have they have hockey. Cincinnati has baseball, but neither of them has basketball. You know, there's no sport where they both are represented. If that were baseball or whatever, hockey, no one would care. You know, even if it were the playoffs, it's Cincinnati against Buffalo. Who cares? These small market teams, Midwestern team, and the whole country was riveted because they have great quarterbacks, because they have, it's a great game, because there's real significance to it, because the snow was falling. It was uh, must-watch TV. There'll probably be 15 million people watching Cincinnati play Buffalo which is a testament to how great the NFL is, how great football is. But we will leave it there um, for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, hopefully, if you're listening to the audio version, you can hear all those questions that were asked of uh, Borla, the CEO, billionaire CEO of Pfizer, and see what uh, YouTube and Facebook are banning these days. But uh, Check it out. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.